0: Winning Cures Everything. Now for your hosts, Gary and Chris.
1: Welcome in Winning Cures Everything. It is the Monday, January 3rd, 2022 edition of the show. I'm Gary. And I'm Chris. And we have got Chris live and alive. (laughs) (laughs)
0: That's the biggest part. Partially
1: enough. I am so glad that you are back to feeling uh, not quite 100%, but at least back to being uh, capable of being on the show. How's that? That's much, much better. So, lots to discuss. Of course, we are not going to recap every single bowl game. That would just be ridiculous. There were a lot of fun bowl games. Um, Chris, before we kick things off, everybody that wanted to... Just dance on the grave of the SEC when they were one and five in bowl season. Nobody ever the the idea of thinking that a conference is better or worse because of a record in bowl season, especially these days, is the most asinine thing I can possibly think of. The opt-outs, the circumstances surrounding these games, the opt-outs. The, it, especially this year with the kids that were out due to covid and and whatever else it, you can't get a gauge on any of this stuff this year like there's no way to tell who's actually better uh, so uh, give me give me your thoughts because I know you and I both went at some people on Twitter that were just you know all the big ten uh, what was it 4 and0 five and O and SEC one and five and then we see how it ends. And that's not to say that Arkansas was necessarily better than Penn State throughout the year. I think they probably were, but how could we possibly know based on the game that happened on New Year's Day?
0: Listen, this is insane. This is all insanity. 13. 13 is the magic number that we need to talk about. There are most of these conferences out there don't have 13 teams in them. And the SEC got 13 eligible bowl teams. Okay? And then I don't want to hear the bullshit of – You know where you only play an eight game schedule, conference schedule, and everybody else plays nine. First off, Pac twelve, Big twelve, and uh, the ACC, you all need to shut the hell up, and and just be appreciative that we allow you to be considered in a quote unquote power five, okay? Because you don't, you don't belong in that conversation. the The difference between the SEC and the Big Ten and the other three. Is a chasm so big. I mean, it's a it's a nine-lane highway going down the road. It is. I mean, you can't cross that, you just can't. (laughs) I just don't, I just don't want to hear we played nine games. Okay, so let's say let's do some math real quick. Let's say, for instance, first off, five of the SEC teams were six and six. So if they were to play a ninth conference game we assume some of them would have been against one another, right? So that means right. it's half of them. But here's the thing. Four, four out of those five teams that were six. No, oh, sorry. I apologize. Three out of those five teams didn't play Vanderbilt. True. So, so we assume one of them is going to play Vanderbilt and win. All right. So I'm going to give you one, one of the five. I'm pulling them out. Let's say the other two split. I'm going to give you 50, 50 on that. Okay. But but now we're trying to play God. We're trying to play uh, you, you would have taken out a, a uh, pay-for-win and replaced it with that. No, LSU probably wouldn't have played UCLA, and then they would have played one of these other teams. So I think at the end of the day, that's a game we lost anyway. Like, like <laughs> South Carolina wouldn't have played Clemson, so maybe they play another SEC team. Well, okay, all right, a, a game they lost they would have would have still lost so it doesn't affect there's a world where all 13 make it to begin with no matter how you change this but even yes. if 13 teams 13 teams made a bowl game i don't know how you argue with that you don't. one team didn't
1: yeah no it's it's you're 100 right vanderbilt is the only team in the sec that did not make a bowl game and it wasn't all because of non-conference mississippi state Lost uh, to Memphis in the non-conference. Like a, yes, I mean what oh, no. are we?
0: I, I think almost all the sixteen, all of the the five, six, and six teams, I think did lose non-con games. Um, Auburn lost to Penn State. We lost to UCLA. Um,
1: Mississippi State was seven and up, five. You just brought up Mississippi State,
0: yeah. and you you brought up the Mississippi State thing. They were seven and five. I'm trying to think of the six and uh, six. Missouri, I don't know who Missouri lost. Yeah, to. Yeah, Missouri lost know, to Boston and, College. Okay. And then, and then South Carolina lost to uh, to Clemson. So they all lost a non con game. It's not like that would have changed anything. 100%. 100%. So it's just the stupidest argument. Anyway, it, it, it all worked <laughs> itself out. And to say that we're not top heavy, every conference is top heavy. Uh, I mean, and the sweet SEC Jesus.
1: Just happens to be more so. Uh, but that's partly because, look, you got the two but teams. Hang on, that on the but that's for the only amped.
0: But that's only those two teams are better than everybody else. Right? They're not the the gap between those two teams and and the and the rest of the SEC isn't any bigger than the gap between Baylor and Oklahoma and everybody else Agreed. in the Big Twelve. Like the gap is the same. Those two teams are just that much higher, but. So are our middle and bottom tier are that much higher. Now our bottom tier is probably
1: just as bad as everybody else.
0: Vanderbilt's as bad as any team that that plays football
1: at all. Well, it, everybody talked about South Carolina being awful, and you saw what they did to North Carolina. I mean, just, that's right. It, it, we who knows what to expect? And again, and that's
0: with a first round draft pick playing on the other side of that field. By the way,
1: you got that right. You got that right. Now I don't know how many first round draft picks are on that North Carolina offensive line. I will certainly tell you that. Uh, but that's right. How many how many players not.
0: are on South Carolina at all? How many draft picks, period, are on South Carolina at all? Well, there were all?
1: several that, that actually opted out, right? I mean, they I'm were down about that to— I'm
0: talking that played it, in the game.
1: Oh, I, who knows? Probably not that many. Uh, Maybe But one? they do have some Maybe? athletes. I mean, they got some guys that'll play in the league. Uh, I just right. don't know how many— I, I don't think there's a lot of first-round guys. Uh, But South Carolina, I mean, 100%, right? And, and we're not going <sighs> to talk about them and not that game, but— it's the same thing every year like we we see where the majority of the talent is located and to have this argument over and over and over again is just ridiculous well just then one guy ridiculous. wanted
0: to come at me he was like well all of y'all bowl games are played in your backyard i'm like <laughs> i'm sorry that 90 percent of the games are played like south of the mason dixon line in east of texas like i yeah i can't are, you know, I guess, yeah, Texas eastward. No, like it it's not a
1: home field advantage for that any anything of those to do teams. with any of that.
0: No, that <laughs> with any of it. That's so stupid. <laughs> I can't help it if the Big Ten chooses to go play in LA every year.
1: I'm so sick of yeah. the
0: Rose Bowl. The Rose Bowl was a fantastic bowl game, by the it way. Really We're going to talk about it. Yeah. Unbelievable bowl game. I'm so sick of the granddaddy of them all thing. I've told <laughs> you this for a decade. No team, no, no bowl game. That gets to have the Pac-12 in it, which has historically been fifth out of the Power Five. The the, the ACC and the Big Twelve have been considerably better than them recently. Like that, you just don't get to call yourself the granddaddy of them all.
1: It would. So I've heard multiple people talk about this. Andy Staples most recently. How would you feel if the Rose Bowl was the national championship game nope, every year? I don't want to I don't
0: want to and here's the only reason why this is now this is a bad bad move on my part okay you never want to make a decision because of spite or anger but I don't want to reward the sons of bitches that put that thing on at all they're the most Agreed. corrupt pompous pieces of shit also Los Angeles is not a, a the town that it used to be. Los Angeles is True. absolutely not the place that you want everyone going to to mm. celebrate your sport. That's just not it. I'm gonna tell you if you were gonna pick and you can call me bias, you can call me a homer, all you want. If you wanted to celebrate your sport, the sport of college football, if you told me that you wanted to put it in Miami our new orleans every year and never move it from those two locations i would be fine with that
1: i could get those down are the that. Two. or maybe even those are texas like no I, no no
0: no 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 it needs to be in a party city. it needs to be in New. the, and the only reason new orleans gets it is because there is no party like new orleans It's just, you, it's just you're not. right about
1: that all right I'm, I'm curious.
0: Up. and, and all south right. beach south beach rivals it and south beach has the beach that's okay, a, you're right. But, you're but right. I'm not giving you Atlanta, and I'm not giving you Dallas. All right, those are beautiful stadiums; they're unbelievable places. But if you told me we're picking one place to put it forever, and we're not moving it, we're not playing this game anymore, New Orleans or, or Miami—that's your two options. And the reason yeah. Los Angeles loses it is because that's not the destination it used to be.
1: Now you're you're not wrong about that. I'm curious to see how things go uh, in Indianapolis next week. I'm uh, sure go it's gonna
0: go it's great. It's a great town Indie, for
1: that. And it's a great
0: town. There, it's a great football town. The Midwest is unbelievable. And um, yeah, it's a, it's an awesome stadium. So it's gonna go amazing. Like, like there are gonna be no problems with it whatsoever. Like, that's not a bad answer. I'm not saying yeah. should, I'm not saying you should give it a permanent destination. I'm saying because that pretty sunset, let me tell you something. Six seconds after that sunset and it's just dark, that is now a shithole. Okay. Yeah. But like if you want to do it, you need to make the sunset at the end of the damn game where you give out the trophy. You start the thing at noon.
1: <laughs> yeah, Because think, once the sun goes you're down, down <laughs> you're in a toilet. I don't know if I would call Pasadena a toilet, but you know right. Pasadena's not, but 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 where your hotels and whatnot would getting be in there, stay in
0: there. Downtown L.A., go enjoy yourself. (laughs) Tell me how it goes. See
1: see what happens. Oh, man, we have got some games to discuss. Let's go ahead and dive into the first one. We're going to start off with the college football playoff, and the first game was the Cotton Bowl. Alabama 27, Cincinnati 6. Uh, Post-game win expectancy, Alabama 100%. You could tell on the opening drive. Uh, They ran it 10 times right down the field, and then Bryce Young threw a little eight yard pass for a touchdown and you could almost tell right then and eh, i don't know that cincinnati's got enough juice to hang in this ball game uh best maybe,
0: maybe not at that point where the game flipped was alabama calling the timeout on defense
1: oh 100 cincinnati that's what cincinnati got the ball
0: and did the exact same thing alabama did well at, after that timeout, right, they did not they run went, the ball again they went like, right down the field they got on to like the the eight yard line and nick calls a timeout on defense And I thought, whoa, Nick is worried. Nick is worried. Nick sees something that bothers him. And and I think he was. And I think he got it corrected. This is what good coaches do. And after that, and they couldn't punch it in and they had to settle for three. That was that's when I realized, oh, that's ball game. Because that offense never got back clicking again. I think if they don't call a timeout, Cincinnati scores a touchdown. This very much has the feeling of we're going tit for tat.
1: Oh, and and Georgia Michigan was really kind of the same thing, and we'll talk about that one here in a minute. We'll stay on uh, on topic with this. I really thought they would try and run Desmond Rittermore in this ball game. Cincinnati, uh, ten rushes for negative six yards. They it, Cincinnati's offensive line just could not block Alabama's That's front it. seven at all. Like there was no, no prayer. Uh, Jerome Ford still fifteen carries, seventy seven yards. Like he was able to get some yardage. His uh, his rushing total was seventy and a half, and it went over. I kind of didn't expect that, but you know, also there really wasn't a lot that they could do for the entire ball game. Cincinnati had 218 total yards, 144 of that passing 74 of that rushing. Uh, I mean, you look at it, it wasn't anything off of turnovers, anything like that. Alabama was the more physically dominant team. And once Bill O'Brien and Nick Saban realized, Oh, we can dial up anything that we want at any point at, They kind of just stuffed everything back in the bag. Uh, The thing to look out for, you know, Jamison Williams went out with an injury for just a little bit uh, from a kick return where he just got leveled, absolutely leveled. And they've got an offensive lineman. Emil Ikior is, we don't know what's going to happen with him. And then Chris Owens, uh, another offensive lineman. If those two guys are out against Georgia, I mean, this will be a completely different ball game than what we saw in the SEC championship game. Uh, but there's been no word on those two as of yet. But to stay on this one, Brian Robinson, 26 carries, 204 yards rushing. Um, and Trey Sanders, 14 carries for 67 yards. Uh, Alabama had 301 yards rushing on 47 attempts. They hadn't done that all year. I mean, against anybody. So
0: Yeah, but but this is where the difference between, and I'm not going to talk about G5, Power 5. This is the difference between SEC, caliber Athletes, and non Alabama couldn't physically do that against, and I'm not talking about great teams, talking about mediocre teams, Florida, they couldn't do it against LSU. They couldn't do it against Auburn because our defensive front, you just can't push around like that. Right. And, and while Cincinnati was a substantially better team than the three teams that I just named from top to bottom all year, the, just the physical makeup of a man, just size and, and, and the ability to stand your ground and not get pushed around like that. It's just, it, it's just different. It's not amount of work. That's not amount of skill. At some point in time, I'm just bigger and I have a strong enough base to where you're just not going to push me like that. And it's all about size. And, and that was the difference is, is the guys on Cincinnati, just, they just not built the same until you're, yep. until you're recruiting those level players in the trench, you're going to be able to just push people around. There's a reason Alabama wasn't able to do it all year. They couldn't do it against Mississippi state. They couldn't do it against Ole Miss. I'm not even talking about the three big boys that I named off that are just known historically for having great defensive lines. Even when the rest of the team's not good, the teams that are not historically known for having good defensive lines, Alabama couldn't do it against in the Let's SEC say because
1: they've all got talent on the defensive because line, and everybody's least, got that kind of size. Yeah, they're if you're adequately playing this sized
0: year in year out.
1: Yes, they are all adequately sized, and Cincinnati is not. Now, of course, this brings up the the age old question: You put Cincinnati like the the peak G five, which again we don't like to talk about the the difference here, but you put Cincinnati. In the SEC this season, uh, I don't think that they're going undefeated. Like, well, I, no, they're not going undefeated,
0: yeah. and it would be ridiculous to think they are. But I, I don't think they're bad either. I mean, I still think they're better than you know eighty percent of the SEC. Oh, yeah, because because not everybody else has it. No one else has like LSU's offensive line is not good enough to do what Alabama did to them. Like. Like we don't have the dudes that you have and you had. Georgia could do it. Now Alabama could have done it, but I don't know that anybody else was doing it.
1: Oh no, I, I don't think you're wrong there. I don't think you're wrong. I. So so looking at this game, this was at least a competitive game for a while. It for a little bit, yeah. Cincinnati did enough things to make Alabama uncomfortable. They. I'll tell you this: the Tide they could not figure out pass pro in this ball game against those undersized guys, which is hilarious to think about, the fact that they could run all day long on them because all you have to do is go forward. But when you have to pass, pro, uh, well, since he ran some different things that they were able to get into the backfield, well, and, and Bryce and Young Cincinnati, wasn't exactly great.
0: Cincinnati's got two elite DBs, elite yep. DBs that are going to play on Sundays. that's That helps a whole lot. I was shocked, and I thought they played a little conservative. I think the announcers talked about this once or twice, maybe... Maybe I I was thinking it and saying it to somebody else, but um, I was shocked that Cincinnati was playing so conservative by not putting another, bringing the safety up. At some point in time, you're so afraid of the the speed of Alabama, you got to trust your NFL. You've got two NFL DBs. You got to trust those guys to be NFL DBs and to lock those dudes down. And you got to bring somebody else in the box. Yeah. When when they were when they were running a seven man box and Alabama's just running it down your throat, your only way of stopping that is to bring the eighth man down. You just have to, and they never did the whole game. They just said, "We'll let you bludgeon us to death, but you're not going to bomb us."
1: Yeah, it was it was really strange uh, the way that Cincinnati went at this game. Um, but I will tell you that it, it, I believe it was the Yahoo Sports podcast that said uh, that is a coach's worst nightmare. Is when you line up and you see the the first two drives, and you figure out, oh shit, Nick Saban has yeah. figured us out already. Like we are five ten minutes into this ball game, and we got no prayer at this point. Like, and that's that's what happened with with Fickle one on the defensive side, and then two on offense when they called that timeout, and Alabama ran out different uh, formations down there at the uh, goal line. It totally changed it up. Totally and then changed then they the went game. back. So and from there, it was you know there were there were some things uh, that that Cincy did to at least make it competitive, uh, but I do still kind of feel Alabama almost could have named their score in this. Uh, this was more let's try not to get anybody hurt. I said I don't know I
0: don't know about name your score because they weren't able to score fast. They were just I, able to score every drive. Yeah, but that's what they I'm saying. couldn't. They, they couldn't just score anytime they wanted though. I they agree. could just drop back and and
1: and and, and throw a bomb. <laughs> no, they no, stopped all that. Yeah, you're definitely not wrong about that. Uh, no, James it's gonna going to take you out. eight
0: minutes to score on us. You're going to score, but you're going to eat a lot of clock, and you're just going to take a long time.
1: Yeah, yeah. So
0: uh, I was surprised. To, let me tell you what I was surprised about. Let me tell you a positive on Cincinnati. Okay. okay, Alabama's bigger, stronger, faster. They've got ever not. There's not a single position on offense that that Cincinnati has an advantage talent wise that's not on defense other than maybe the two DBs. Okay. At no point in time, did Cincinnati's defense and Alabama on the field all day long with these long sustainable drives At no time did Cincinnati just break. I thought when the fourth quarter hit, Alabama was going to run away with the game. And I'm not talking about they beat them pretty physically and they beat them badly. And when I'm talking 30, 40 points. Like, like yeah. That's when the game's going to get ugly because now the defense is just gassed. Like They've got nothing left. They've been on the field all day. We're, we're in the fourth quarter. They're still fighting. They're still getting stops. They're still making Alabama work. They're still making you take six yards of play, four yards of play, three yards of play, and, and 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 at no point in time did they just give up and yeah. and in the the bow break last night in the baylor ole miss game that we watched i i i told four people different people that i was texting with in different groups and i said don't worry i don't know what this game's gonna look like through quarter one through three but by quarter four it's over By quarter four, it's over. They're like, how can you say? Because Baylor's offense is eventually going to break one because Ole Miss doesn't have the talent to keep taking these gut shots over and over and over and over and over again and sustaining it. Yeah. They just don't. That defense isn't made the same. And that's not a knock on them. It's just a talent they've got on the field. Cincinnati never broke.
1: Yeah, it was, it was very impressive. Thought that was
0: impressive. Thought um, that was
1: impressive. The, so scoring opportunities, Alabama had six drives inside of the Cincy 40. Uh, they scored 20 points. That's 3.33 per drive. Cincy had four scoring opportunities. That's four different drives that got inside the 40. They were only able to muster two field goals. That's 1.5 points per opportunity. That is uh, not good. Definitely not good. Uh, and then, of course, Alabama did have the 44-yard touchdown pass to Ja'Cory Brooks, uh, the one that that they were finally able to get a deep pass going on um and really that touchdown pass before the half was all she wrote i mean it was 10 to 3 well, was yeah, yeah i was about to say i think half. it was ball game before then, yeah. But yeah so at, at that point when it got to 17 to 3 at the half it was okay like it, this is kind of what everybody expected but was hoping maybe we wouldn't see and uh and that's exactly what we got so let's move on the orange bowl georgia 34 michigan 11 and this one, uh, good gracious, uh, the the numbers on this. Uh, Georgia had 518 total yards. 328 of that was passing. So for everybody that wanted to talk about Stetson Bennett and whatnot, he showed out in this game. 21 out of 31, 310 yards passing, three touchdowns, zero picks. He also ran three times or scrambled, whatever you want to call it, for 32 yards. Uh, this was not a Georgia... You know, running the football down their throat, anything like that. This was Georgia's defense shut down Michigan, and Michigan had no idea what to expect from Georgia's offense. It was just as clear as day. Uh, you look at the drives; the Georgia goes right down the field and scores a touchdown, and then Michigan went right down the field and and then they don't get that. Uh, you know, they turn the ball over on downs. Uh, that changed the game. If yep. they score right there, I think it's a completely different ball game. And that's exact not to same say, thing. yeah, it's not to say Georgia S- wouldn't have won. Right, but it just changes the per, the the perception of the entire it, thing.
0: It was the exact same way the Alabama Cincinnati game was. Yes, I thought, man, we're about to get exactly what we almost got there. Michigan couldn't get it in, and then I thought, well, that's it. And 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 I, I literally I told everybody, I told you guys, I told everybody, I said, listen. I got two more drives in me, okay. I'm going to watch Georgia do what they just did: drive and score. And if Michigan doesn't drive and get a touchdown, I'm out. I'm out. I'm not wasting. I'm not wasting the rest of this night watching this damn game (laughs) because of some bullshit. And exactly what happened?
1: (laughs) Happened. Yes. Uh, In the second quarter, uh, and so uh, Georgia scored on their first five possessions: touchdown, touchdown, field goal, field goal, touchdown. So, I mean, it was. Twenty-seven in Michigan's to, to first five
0: possessions, they had a field goal.
1: Yes, a field goal, a turnover on downs, and they did have two interceptions, a fumble, and two other turnovers on downs. Uh, and then finally, their last possession, they scored a touchdown. Uh, so it, it was it was not as close as thirty-four to eleven. It was no. a beating. Uh, Georgia figured out very quickly. At, at Kirby, I think started coaching for the Alabama game midway second quarter. I guess somewhere around there. Or maybe at about halftime. So, did you hear his comment after the game uh, about Alabama got a four-hour or six-hour head start on us or whatever?
0: Yeah. yeah, I need to get a shower and get to work. Alabama got a five-hour head start.
1: Just ridiculous. I love it, though. Uh, you know, the the storylines that will come out of this national championship game, uh, one, I do think, well, we'll we'll hit on that here in a minute. The postgame win expectancy for Georgia was actually 98%. Which how Alabama's was hundred percent and Georgia's was ninety eight. I have no idea because I feel like Georgia mashed Michigan a little more than Alabama did Cincy. Yep. But uh, when you look at all the missed opportunities for Michigan, uh, they they were able to get some drives going, and you know they did have the it, so beginning of the third quarter, eleven play fifty six yard drive that ends in an interception. Uh, which Nicobe Dean, by the way, linebacker for Georgia absolute freak of nature again. Now, he didn't show out in the Alabama game nearly as much, but against Michigan, he did what he has done all year. This kid is absolutely ridiculous. You know where so, he's from? Uh, Horn Lake, Mississippi.
0: Right down the road, baby. <laughs> right down the That's street. right. You better he believe it. He is an he is absolute local kid. So
1: Yes. Uh, so, turnover on downs for Michigan. They had a seven-play, 34-yard drive that turned over on downs. Uh, they had a 11-play, 56-yard drive that ended in an interception. They had a 7-play, uh, 31-yard drive that was a turnover on downs in the fourth quarter. Another drive in the fourth quarter, 15 plays, 69 yards, turnover on downs. Uh, there there were missed opportunities for Michigan for them to at least keep this a uh, little bit closer. Uh, but when you start out the way that they did, I mean, at 27-3, like, I mean, what are you even going to do? I mean, it was just... It was so ugly, so quickly that I, I do think there were a lot of people that were happy that they could just go out and celebrate New Year's and not have to worry about this going down this, the wire.
0: <laughs> no, yeah, this game, like I told you, I watched four drives and yeah. then I kept checking back in, kept popping in, and nothing was different. I yeah, said okay,
1: uh, it was it was putrid. I mean, I, not wasted my time. I, I really focused until about midway through the second quarter, and at that point, it was okay, what, what am I doing here? Like, I, I started working on IKEA shelves and and all this so, other mess. So, like, let, me, let
0: me talk about, we could have fixed this. You know that, right? We could have avoided this. And, and maybe you could tell me your opinion on this, okay? Okay. All the committee had to do to guarantee us two great games was punish Georgia for not winning the, their championship game and make them fourth and say, we're going to get a rematch. I know we just watched this game but we're going to get a rematch. And if we would have gotten Cincinnati, Michigan and Alabama, Georgia on new year's Eve night, a, I think we get the same national champion. We're going to get when, when the game is over Monday. Okay. But, but B we just right now we're, we're destroying college football. We're tearing everything up and everybody's up in arms. And some people are saying we have to expand it because this is stupid because look how bad these games are. And then the other half is saying we don't need to expand it. We need to get rid of the playoff completely because there's no more than just two game, two teams that matter. But if if we would have made Georgia-Alabama rematch and say, Georgia, you didn't win your conference, you're going to be fourth. And, and we let the other two play. A, I think we would have got two – Outstanding football games. Second, okay, okay, we would have gotten a storyline in the national championship that would have been unbelievable. No matter what, a you get two, you get least guaranteed get one fresh team in, okay, and that fresh team is either the little engine that could, all right, or a historical blue blood that that is that is on an unbelievable run and has a massive massive national fan base. So either way, you're, you're going to get the same champion you would have gotten no matter what. Would Monday night, next Monday, be uh, you know, a, a better game than this? Probably not. But nobody's going to know that until the halfway point of the game. So you're, you're still going to get a first half. It's a pretty decent football game probably. And, and then we're going to get a different outcome. Like, so, why Why would you not do that? Why are you destroying your sport just because you don't want to rematch early, but you're okay with the rematch that. late? Uh, oh, yeah. No, you know that's it. You no, no, know no. 100% definitive. That was it. They didn't want to see Alabama and Georgia rematch, and this way we possibly don't. But everybody in the world says, no, now you're going to get the rematch, and it's going to be for the title.
1: I think – that the idea of the playoff is to get the four best teams in and whoever yes. makes it goes but right damn, so the four best teams would still be in i didn't no, change i, I understand i understand but what i'm saying is why would you guarantee either michigan or cincinnati a national championship appearance um and and force a rematch right there. Like if Alabama and Georgia get there, then they earned it, right? Like these have but been no, no, the two Ge- best but teams in like the country. But saying no, you
0: could you could absolutely forget what we saw Saturday. You could absolutely justify the fact or Friday, whatever the hell night uh, New Year's Eve was. You could absolutely say Georgia didn't deserve or earn the three spot. You you could say that. You could justifiably make that argument. Yeah, but can you?
1: Yeah, Why I, could I you see, not? I see where the you're coming from. The other team is
0: undefeated. The other team didn't trail most of the season. Like they won their conference, they won all of their games. You could have made that argument pretty easily, and you know you would have gotten two much better football games. I don't need hindsight to see that. What do you think the point spread would have been if it was Cincinnati, Michigan before the season start, or not before the season started, but but before before the playoffs happened Friday night?
1: Uh, I think Michigan probably would have been favored around six. Okay, Six. all right. Yeah. Now,
0: what, what's – no, I don't, A, I don't think it would have been that much. I think it would have been more than a field goal, less than a touchdown, but I think we're talking four or five. But we're, we're splitting hairs now. Now we're yeah. picking. It doesn't matter. At the end of the day, and we know what we're getting with Alabama-Georgia, that's it. That's it. We're going to get a two- or three-point line before yeah. the first point. But it probably would have been Bama favored because Bama just beat the hell out of them. But that's fine. That's fine. Like, you would have gotten two much better games – and your national championship storyline is so much better. The sport overall is not a 100% healthier place. If you just say, you two boys just played for the SEC title game, we're not having an all-SEC championship. Mix it up, play it again, and if one of you win it all, you win it all. But you got to go through them
1: twice. I, I will say this. I, I don't disagree with your premise, uh, but I do disagree with – Forcing them for the sole reason of getting a different team in the national title game, like well, that's the not the only reason. You have to no, there's
0: there's multiple reasons right. why. A, you say it all the time. Everyone else, says, it's a television show. Well, if yeah. it's a damn television show, give us a television show worth watching.
1: Uh, because oh, the only I reason I watched that. the
0: end of the Alabama game was because the next one was coming up. Other yeah. than that, I didn't give a shit about it either.
1: What was it? It was uh, there's sixteen. 16- uh semifinal games and what was it 11 or 12 of them have been like 17 points or more i believe is right yes. uh yes. And, and y'all can double check the numbers all the But it would but, but it would have made it would have
0: made it would have just made for much better atv it would have been healthier for the sport and i think it would have been healthier for the sport to not have one conference in the championship like yeah. Like if you get to 12 team playoff and you just get two teams from the same conference, like we didn't manipulate that. You know, like you can't, you can't, but now there's four, there's four. And unless we ever allow three teams from one conference to get in, I would just basically say, look, we're just going to put the, the two teams that are in the same conference. They're going to play. I don't care if they played last week. I don't care if they played last month. I don't care how many times. I don't care if they played twice. If they played in the regular season and now they're playing again, I don't give a damn how many times they played. They're going to match up, and the other side's going to match up, and that's just what's going to happen.
1: That's it's an interesting idea, and I don't think you're necessarily wrong. It gives you a whole other week to uh, just a whole different storyline, right?
0: Well, and it's not just a different storyline. The the reason, hang on, about to call. (laughs) <laughs> the the reason um you're able to say this is going to be a different game is because from the sec title game from the end of the regular season to the sec title game you get one week by right yeah they take a week off and they play the championship game correct
1: uh well i mean yeah you're talking about from the playoff to to the national no no no, no no
0: no the sec title game is played literally the week after the, the regular yeah, yeah. season there's, there's no bye okay. week.
1: There's no off week. There's no bye it's week. That's it. Regular so season. this game yeah, is
0: going to be played a month later. So I don't care that those teams just played. We still got three weeks that are going to go by before they play again.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. I don't think there's any anything wrong with that. Um, but I don't think that... Like, I don't think there's anything wrong with the way that it's happened. Like, if, if Michigan and oh, Cincinnati no, deserved Bullshit.
0: Bullshit. <laughs> 80, 90% of the people—you're absolutely. You're an Alabama fan, Gary. 90% of the people that have watched this sport and love this sport and watch watch what just happened, 100% of them all realize they just wasted their New Year's Eve. Okay? I, that's that's absolutely think bullshit. Feels like if, you them, if you would have given them— If you would have given them—oh, fuck. Every, Gary, <laughs> Jesus Christ, are you kidding me? <laughs> who, are you trying who to sell watched? me on this
1: shit? Who watched that game past the, the second quarter? I mean, okay, now that's a problem then.
0: A, all the people that were there, and B, all the people that have to cover this thing okay so justifying the fact that the game was a snooze job now that's the reason that it's okay well we didn't ruin their new year's eve because nobody watched it after the second quarter everyone
1: just turned it off and went did something else that's great
0: for the sport
1: this gets back to is it is it most deserving or is it the best teams no but once you get the four who gives a shit what order they're in (laughs) i want the best
0: matchups i want the best games Okay. They're all four got a chance. Listen, they all got to go two and zero to win the title. Okay. True. That's it. Once you get into this, I don't give a shit anymore. All right. I just okay. want you to manipulate okay. it to I get three good games, and if I get two, if the option is I get one great game at the end, but I got to go through two shitty games, or I can get two great games and I got to get a shitty game at the back end. Give me the two great games and the one shitty game.
1: Okay. I can. I can. See you have where we have shitty national
0: championship games all the time
1: we have shitty Super
0: Bowls right. all the time.
1: <laughs> you do have a very, very good point there. Um, yeah, that's it's something to look at. I, I look at this. I don't think the playoff is broken. I think what you get from Alabama-Georgia being in the national title game is uh, a much quicker uh, everybody come back to the table and let's talk about this playoff expansion, right?
0: Well, what's stupid is, is the people that are fighting the playoff expansion are the people that would benefit from the playoff expansion, exactly. which tells me there's too much bloody corruption going on in these damn bowl games.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I think when you people might be are on voting against their
0: own interest. They're doing that because they're being paid to vote against their own interest. All right. That's true with your local politicians, your national politicians, people that run this stupid ass sport or anything else in the world, by the way.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I think uh, you might when be that. When you're voting against
0: your own interest, it's because someone's paying you to do so.
1: It's, uh, and that
0: needs to roll up a big-ass red flag.
1: Yes. And, and we have no centralized uh, authority for college football. Everybody does their own thing. The issue that we have for the playoff, which is why it took forever to get to a 14 playoff anyway, is because it took... Uh, an act of Congress to be able to... And and what we got was Alabama-LSU in 2011, and that's what finally jumped it over, right? So we did get Alabama and Georgia, who that was not a rematch, but now you have another national title rematch for the first time in a decade, and it just so happens to be two SEC teams again. We'll see what happens from there. I I do think that something like this, where these two teams, the, the one conference get celebrated basically for the entire week and everybody has to listen to it and then they'll come back to the table again in january and they'll say
0: not just everybody has to listen to it everybody else doesn't even get a voice yeah like they don't they don't even get to say like if you run a sports talk show that talks major college football in the midwest what are you doing today what are you doing tomorrow what are you doing the rest of this week are you just taking a vacation
1: I think some people will. Uh.
0: how do you how do you cuz how do you face how do you face your viewers? How do you face the people that are your fans that follow your that follow you, what you do?
1: It's uh if it's you're in the very Big,
0: difficult cuz cuz and we're talking to the ACC, we're talking to the mid the, the 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 Big 10 and I'm talking I'm talking to the Big 12 because because those fan bases aren't on the West Coast and those fan bases aren't in the Northeast, but they are in the South and they are in the in, in the in the Midwest. Yeah. They absolutely are. They care about this sport. They care a lot about this damn sport, and they're being completely left out of the conversation. Yes. And if you think I'm being rude to the people out West, then show me your fan base. Show me your pride.
1: Now, th- but this is what I'm saying is that the expansion needs to happen, not because we're going to get a bunch of better games, et cetera, but because it, it includes everybody.
0: Much more, we we'll get a bunch of better games. I think. Like I, know, people, I think so as
1: well. No, do like, you Do you know how
0: amazing the the first round of the playoffs will be? And do you know how? Because right now we've got two two great teams. Well, out of those twelve, let's say those two teams win all of the games that they play, and they end up matching up and beating each other anyway. Okay, that's fine. But that means all of the rest of the games. The separation between three and sixteen in this country right now is nothing. Absolutely oh, nothing. You 100% could get an upset on any of those games.
1: Yes. Yes, absolutely. Like, I, I think that it would so absolutely every game do but a game that involved
0: Georgia or Alabama would be amazing to watch, all of them.
1: And you at least get different portions of the country that get maybe somewhat invested in the stories of the teams that yes. do win, even if it's not their team, right? Yeah. It's the same thing with the NFL. Yes, yes so and that's why the Super Bowl is such a big draw every freaking year. One, because the brand itself is already huge, but two, but, people can invest in the storylines all the way through the playoffs. They well, and everybody got, got
0: to participate.
1: Yes, exactly.
0: It was a tournament that you were actually at least a part of.
1: Yes, absolutely, absolutely. All right, let's uh, let's run through. I'm not going to say rapid fire, but let's let's recap the rest of these New Year's Day bowl games. Just to get an idea of what exactly went down. The Outback Bowl. Arkansas wins 24-10 over Penn State. Uh, post-game win expectancy, Arkansas 96%. Uh, somehow, this season, Penn State went 7-6. and six, And it just feels like they were a better team than that. The, the circumstances around this season for Penn State were uh, weird. Just really weird. Uh, you look at the stats on this one. 58 carries for 361 yards rushing for Arkansas in this game. The defensive opt-outs for the Nittany Lions was the name of the game. Uh, There was no specific play that, like, shifted this game or anything like that. It was close early, but Arkansas just continued to run the ball. They were 14 out of 19 passing for 90 yards, uh, did have one interception. I – this was just the the guys that were left over for Arkansas. I'm not going to say that they wanted it more, but the guys that were actually playing for the Razorbacks – were better than who was actually playing for Penn State. Uh, this was I mean uh, we we did get to see some new faces for Penn State. you know Sean Clifford was 14 out of 32 passing for 195 yards, one touchdown and two picks. uh the the Washington kid for Penn State. seven receptions for 98 yards. I mean he was he was awesome. uh the Lambert Smith kid was awesome. three carries or catches for 74 yards. And uh, and a touchdown, like at this, it was fun to see some. New, and really, this is what ESPN should be doing anyway. It, rather than bitching about all the opt outs, like hype up some of these guys that we haven't gotten to see. Like talk yep. about the guys that we will see, as opposed to uh, complaining about guys that are opting out of bowl games. Like it's yes. just ridiculous. So uh, did you uh did you get eyes on this one?
0: Yeah, I watched every one of these games. I was at home sick and I didn't have anything else to do. Um, <laughs> No, I, uh, no, I you know, and let's say something. The only one, the best player on both of these teams is Burks and he didn't play. Yeah, he didn't play. Okay. Yep. All right. That, that might be the best receiver in the country. And he was out. So let, let's not act like Penn State's the only one that had off No,
1: and then Arkansas's, uh, defensive lineman, uh, uh Trey Williams, like at DUI yep. and then decided to opt out for the NFL, et cetera. So, uh, and he, he's a big part of what they do on defense and period. No, it was a, it was a good
0: game. Runs. Arkansas. Arkansas did what a lot of big 10 teams struggle to do. They ran the football on Penn State. Oh, they yeah. ran the football kind of down their throat.
1: Uh, you know what's kind of funny? What Arkansas did to them is exactly what Illinois did with Brett Bielema. Yes! So the last two <laughs> Yes. <laughs> last two stops for Brett Bielema. uh both happened to handle Penn State in the trenches. Whatever that may mean. But uh, but yeah, I mean this was it was a good game. Like it, it kind of it, I'm not going to say it was over with early, but that third quarter for Arkansas, where they scored 17 points and and just gave up nothing to Penn State, yep. uh, that kind of just sealed the deal because you. Knew Arkansas there was is no a good
0: way. team. Arkansas is a fun team. KJ is a really fun player. And this game was crazy as hell early on. By the way, oh, like yeah. the first six positions were all
1: turnovers. It was sicko mode. <laughs>
0: I mean, it was like it was like both teams drove down the field and then turned the ball over in the red zone four times in a row, just back to back to back to back. It's yeah. like, what in the hell is going on? SEC what are we Stat watching? Cat,
1: uh, SEC StatCat on Twitter and uh, and on his website and whatnot, but he he goes back through all of these different stats for these SEC teams, and Arkansas is only one of five uh, successful plays when, when they do a double pass, which <laughs> is just... just like, but by God, they're gonna it? keep doing it. Oh yeah. I mean Kendall Bryles loves that kind of stuff, man. Loves it. So I don't I don't blame him for doing it. It was fun. Uh, but it was definitely crazy early. So it was 10-7 at the half, and Arkansas had just a massive, massive third quarter. So cheers to him for that. Uh, Sean Clifford didn't look great in this game, but he was about the only thing they had. Uh eleven carries for him, forty seven yards rushing. He was their leading rusher and of course, you know, leading passer. He went out for a little bit with an injury, but uh, just could not get that done. Next up, the Citrus Bowl. And, you know, Kentucky 20, Iowa 17. There were a lot of people. That this line just continued to grow and grow and grow. I think it was Kentucky by two early. Then it went to two yeah. and a half, up to three, et cetera. It got up to four at one point. And then it started coming back down because early, early, on New Year's Day morning, it was revealed that Kentucky was going to be out or without a ton of guys due to COVID. Right, they had a bunch of guys that tested positive. Even the, uh, the Kentucky Sports Radio guys uh, couldn't make the trip down because they all tested positive beforehand. And so you didn't really know exactly who was going to play for the Wildcats, et cetera. But because most of them were on defense, you really weren't that scared of Iowa because their offense is just putrid. And they bad. were still pretty really bad. They, bad. Had, they had some fun plays. They gained 384 yards on offense. And still, we're only able to score 17 points in this ballgame. Just abnormally ridiculous. Uh, post-game win expectancy, by the way, 76% for Kentucky. Uh, another 10-win season for Mark Stoops. I, it, I We can talk about this all kinds of fun, stuff. But, this is
0: a fun game at the end. When Iowa was up, it was so funny. I forgot who was calling this game. But um, I remember. I remember Kentucky... Finally scored and it was like a minute 43 left or whatever. And it was like a lot of time left on the clock for Iowa. And I just I just laughed my ass off. I was like, dude, there could be 13 minutes left on the clock. Oh, Iowa ain't scoring in it I'm Like, are you insane? I, I know football, I know that like in any game in the world, a minute 43, other teams got all their timeouts. That's that's a lifetime of clock. Nah,
1: not, not for Iowa. Not without. Not, not Not with for Iowa. Iowa, baby. This is this is a
0: different sport. I know it's still football, but is it really football?
1: It's uh, it's it's old man football is what it is. It is it's crazy. When when he said first when Kentucky <laughs> scored, I thought
0: ball game. This thing's over with. I'm going back to the uh, um uh the Oklahoma, Oklahoma State Notre, Dame, Notre Dame, game. Dame game. Yeah, yeah, and uh and so I flip back over to that. And but before I hit that little little previous button, I heard him say plenty of time left on the clock and I stopped and I looked at the <laughs> clock and I was like, mm, this guy has not, wa-. And here's, nope. what, here's what sucks about this, okay? Here's what sucks about ESPN having all these games and nobody else having any of them. All these announcers have never watched a single game. Now, they've watched a lot of football and they know a lot of football. They've watched zero Iowa football games. For you to say that, you've never watched an Iowa game all year.
1: Yeah, oh, because they, they work uh, their, you know, their game, their conferences.
0: Weeks. And I was not on ESPN ever.
1: Uh, yeah. Yeah. You're not wrong. You're not wrong. And if uh, they
0: are, it's because they're in a big, big game. And so it's the big boys that get them, but it's not this crew. And this is the problem. Yeah. These guys, you get one damn bowl game this week. You can't go watch it. You can't watch film. And don't tell me these guys watch film. They didn't, they didn't, <laughs> or else you would have said that.
1: Uh, Sam Laporta is the tight end for Iowa that caught seven passes for 122 yards. He did have one touchdown. Thirty-six, just another tight end out of Iowa. Uh, they have them every year, it feels like. Uh, but this kid, I believe, is going to be back next year. You know, a lot of lot of fun. Gavin Williams is the running back that had 16 carries for 98 yards. So things do look good for them going forward. Oh, no, but,
0: they're going to be the same that they are. I mean, yeah. Here's the thing. Anybody they're losing, they're replacing them with somebody that looks exactly like Because they develop their guys.
1: Like, they really do. They develop their guys. They, they, they don't
0: start a lot of underclassmen. Yeah. They don't have a lot of freshmen and sophomores playing a whole lot because they're getting them to look like
1: the upperclassmen that are playing now. Yes.
0: So that when it's their turn, they play exactly like
1: those guys play. Exactly. Yeah, this is what Kirk Ferentz does, 100%. Uh, on the Kentucky side, Will Levis, seventeen out of twenty-eight passing, two hundred thirty-three yards, one touchdown. He did have one pick. Uh, Chris Rodriguez did what he usually does: twenty carries, one hundred seven yards, one touchdown. And then Wondell Robinson, ten receptions for one hundred seventy yards, and was a men or was a man amongst boys. Uh, just he's that he surprised me
0: because Iowa's secondary is really good. They did Iowa had really some good. guys was, out, so I was I know they did, but I was surprised. still surprised at that 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 he was able to to dominate the way he did.
1: Yeah. Out there. No, he was awesome. He was awesome. The Fiesta Bowl with Oklahoma State and Notre Dame, this was the early one, um the early New Year's six game. Oklahoma State wins thirty seven to thirty five over the Irish. Uh Oklahoma State postgame win expectancy was seventy five percent. I I think the play that sealed the game. and and gave Oklahoma State life was the fourth and one on Notre Dame's own 39 early in the game. They were up 14 to nothing already and they were handling business and Marcus Freeman or Freeman punted the ball back and you can go at any number of different things here. You can say, well, our defense was able to handle them. uh, So we thought we could stop them again. But Oklahoma State came right down the field. You gave them an opportunity that you didn't have to. And again, these early early plays are the ones that I feel like really change the momentum in a ball game. And yeah, Notre Dame went up uh, twenty-eight to seven or whatever it was, like second quarter, I guess, maybe early there. I can't remember exactly when, but that right there is what gave Oklahoma State a shot in the arm. Even though they allowed more points on the back end, they still realized, oh, we can move the football on them. Like you go down twenty-one to nothing. I don't know that you get that giant comeback. Like, it, that just seemed like the one spot in the game that that gave Oklahoma State a chance to win it, and, and it was early. Uh, what were your thoughts on this one?
0: Um, I, I thought Notre Dame looked really good early, and this is the difference between a team with a very, very young and inexperienced coaching staff and a team on the other side of the ball with a – very experienced coaching staff that has seen everything. And it's yeah. one of those weather the storm, Notre Dame's going to come out, play them just with a complete unbelievable amount of passion and fire because they love Marcus and, and, and they're so excited for him. And they did. I thought, I mean, hell, I told you guys, I don't think Oklahoma State's going to score today. I just don't. In the first, you know, quarter and a half, I felt pretty good about that. And um, it's just one of those things where, Gundy, let some of that passion get out and let's get into playing football, okay? Once the adrenaline dies down and we're all just playing football, now we're back in this game. And yes, we're behind, but we can make up for that. We're okay. There's enough time left in the clock and we can go about this. Um, I, I thought it was a difference in experience level for, for um, you know a head coach that's been doing it for decades and one that's been doing it for five minutes.
1: Spencer Sanders surprised me quite a bit in this one. Uh, 34 out of 51 passing, 371 yards, four touchdowns. He ran the ball 17 times for 125 yards in this. Jalen Warren did play 19 carries, 82 yards, but man, uh, I was shocked at how efficient Spencer Sanders was in this game. On the other side, without Kyron Williams, I I thought that the Notre Dame stable of backs was still going to be somewhat decent, right? But they came out with a completely different game plan, and they only ran the ball 21 times for 42 yards. Now, a part of that, well, it's probably because they only ran for 42 yards, right? They were not able to get a lot done establishing the run. Jack Cohn, 38 out of 68 for 509 yards, five touchdowns, and one pick. Uh, A Notre Dame quarterback throwing for 500, screw that, a a Jack Cohn quarterback throwing for 500 yards is insane to me. Yeah. Like, this is, this may be what we're going to see from Notre Dame going forward, and it kind of lets you see what the handcuffs were like on Tommy Reese while Brian Kelly was there. I think that, I think Marcus Freeman straight up, said, you know what, you call the offense, I'm going to call the defense, and then we'll go from there.
0: But at some point in time, there's a reason those handcuffs were there. Yes. Right? Like, this offense did not look good. This offense did not look strong. This offense did not look like they had a plan. Like, this is why you can't just say somebody is a great OC, and so they're just going to always be a great OC when the head coach is the architect of what you do He knows how to fix the problems. He knows everybody else just looks at the house and sees that it's pretty. But he understands there's a foundation on that back right corner that where the ground is a little soft and we're a little weak, and so we had to go a little bit deeper, and we had to bring in some bedrock, and we had to do some things differently to stabilize that back corner. But nobody else knows that. Nobody else sees that because they just see – the OC and they just see the play calls and they just see the practices and they, they don't understand the architecture that goes into putting together a game plan for a team. All right. He just went out there and he called a bunch of plays. Okay. And I think he called a bunch of plays for guys that, that didn't fit their skill sets. And that doesn't mean his offense wouldn't have been great. All right, and had he had Matt Corral and, and 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 Burks and and some different talent uh, on that offense, those play calls could have been awesome. They could have beat the hell out of Oklahoma State. But he doesn't. He doesn't. He. Yeah. Th- this is a coaching staff that I want to see them be good. I want them to see them succeed. But they are very very young, and at some point in time, free it would do Freeman a lot of good to bring in some old veteran. Who knows how to build
1: these things? Yeah. as a coach, yeah, because they again, like you said, very very young. They've got experience, but how? I don't know that they've got experience being in this position, right? Tommy Reese has never had the handcuffs off. Uh, Marcus Freeman has never, been but he's, been never, in the head he's never
0: had to build anything from himself.
1: Yeah, exactly, exactly. Uh, the, he had an architect
0: to build it for him.
1: The wide receiver for Notre Dame that I think we're going to see a lot of going forward, Lorenzo Styles, the freshman, uh, eight care or eight receptions for 136 yards and one touchdown. I mean, he was he was awesome. He was targeted ten times and caught eight of them. Uh, Mayor, like the uh, the tight end, he was awesome. I mean, just it, you, we we saw some fun things out of these yes. two teams. Uh, it was a fun game and. I mean, at some point in State? time,
0: Notre Dame Notre Dame struggled to score.
1: Yes. yes, there
0: was. There's a part of the game where in the in the fourth quarter, the second half, basically the entire second half, they got one touchdown at some point, either late in third quarter, sometime fourth quarter, whatever.
1: But that's it. Yeah, it was uh, 20- a fourth quarter. So after they, they got, went down, they got 28 30, points. Yeah, 37 yeah. to 28. Yeah, they had so.
0: 28 points in the first half, and mm-hmm. it all seemed great. And all Gundy did was, like I said, weather that storm, took that whipping. Go into the locker room. This is what they got. I can stop that. We can fix that.
1: Jim Knowles. I mean, Jim Knowles was still calling the defense before he goes to Ohio State. Which wily old veteran move there? Because they they open up with Notre Dame at Ohio State next year. You get the game plan for them twice. Why not? Like (laughs) smart move. But Jim Knowles has done this multiple times this year. Uh, You can you can score on them early, but you ain't scoring after the half. Like that's he right. they will adjust and they will figure you out. And that's exactly what they did in Notre Dame here. Let's uh let's knock out these last two right quick. The Rose Bowl, and you want to talk about a fun ballgame? Ohio State 48, Utah 45, uh Jackson Smith and Jigba, fifteen receptions, three hundred and forty-seven yards, three touchdowns. Let me let me read that again a little more slowly. Three hundred and forty-seven yards receiving in this ballgame on fifteen receptions. Just Ridiculous. Uh, the postgame win expectancy was Ohio State 69%. Cam Rising went out in the fourth quarter with a concussion. Uh, Bryson Barnes almost became the hero for Utah, but Ohio State went right down the field. How weird of a call at the end of the game for Ryan Day to call a timeout with 12 seconds left. They've got second and one on the two-yard line and come out and kick the field goal. Like, that... If you were going to call the timeout and kick the field goal, why would you not just let the clock run down? It was really strange. Like I, I, I could not figure that out to save my life. Uh, did you see anything that was going on there?
0: No i i I just think some of these coaches aren't really good with end of game scenarios and situations with the clock.
1: It's I, I almost I, wonder because they did have the. They had the turnover early, not early, uh, second quarter, I guess it was, where the ball got hit from behind and, like, knocked out of the back of the end zone. Maybe he decided he didn't want to risk a turnover, but, I mean, it just, I didn't understand it. I was very thankful for it, I will tell you that, because I had a bet on Utah plus seven, and then after the opt-outs, I had a Utah plus four and a half, I did have a Utah money line. I did not hit that. But after that first half, I hit uh the Ohio State uh team total over twenty-one in the second half. And no, I
0: just I just think some coaches are really bad at some of these end the game situations. It didn't it didn't cost him the game. I think he felt safe that it wasn't gonna cost him the game. Um, but you know, in another situation he could have.
1: Yeah, so, no, it absolutely could have. Uh,
0: incredibly fun game. Um when, you know, Ohio State was missing every receiver known to man. Like I thought, man, Ohio state doesn't want to be here. Utah absolutely yep. wants to be here. I think Utah's going to win this game flat out. Utah started this game off scoring over and over and over again. I thought, man, Ohio state's defense is just hot garbage. Cause Utah's offense, they look this good ever, 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 <laughs> ever in the history of Utah football. They've never looked this good. And, uh, uh Ohio State kept going blow for blow with them, and I just yeah. thought, holy shit, this game's just this is this is what this game's gonna be. And then we got to the fourth quarter, then we got to the end, and we stopped having long drives that ended in touchdowns, and we just had like two plays, boom, kickoff return, boom, like oh shit, we're just doing this, oh, we're, yeah. we're just we're just scored twenty some points in, in like a minute and a half.
1: <laughs> it was awesome. Like, this was a fun, fun ball game. Yes. And it was it was unbelievable. Now, I don't know how good of a game it would have been if – because everybody talked about, it. you know, if, if you expand the playoffs, this would have been a – this would have been one of the playoff games, you know, number six against number 11 and blah, 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 blah. You you tossed Garrett Wilson out there. You toss Chris Olave out there. You put in uh uh Hang on a, now. Whoa, none of those
0: none of those defensive guys were showing up to stop Utah, though. Well
1: that's uh, that's what I'm saying. So I don't, Garrett, so I guys, don't know that have, we get
0: a worse game because Ohio State can't score much more than they scored already.
1: They so they had a unless fumble. one of these
0: teams were gonna bring back a bunch of defensive players, we're not getting a whole lot of different game. We're just getting different dudes scoring touchdowns.
1: Let's see, there were only three drives. Eh, take that back. There were there were five drives that Ohio State did not score on. Right? They, they, I think
0: I think I don't think the game changes at all. At all. I just think different not. guys are different guys are scoring touchdowns. Maybe. Because so. way Utah scored too much down points. Like I said, it just it would have been a great game. It would have been a playoff game. Yes. It would have mattered. It would have been unbelievable.
1: It was it was a lot of fun. Uh the like difference I said, is,
0: is the game would have been played in Ohio State. That's where the difference yeah. would have been.
1: Um the post game win expectancy here uh Ohio State 69%. CJ Stroud 37 to 46 passing. 573 yards, six touchdowns, one pick in the game. Uh it was awesome. Like they they didn't really have to run the ball much, but they ran 20 times for 110 yards. Trevion or uh, excuse me, Trevion Henderson was awesome. 17 carries, 83 yards. Uh this was fun. Like uh, the future is still bright for Ohio State. It will continue to be so. They lost those wide receivers, and they still had five star after five star. They they got the best wide receiver room in the country. Like it, it just it did not hurt them at all. The Sugar Bowl. Let's close out with that one. Baylor wins twenty one to seven over Ole Miss, and you want to talk about frustrating for a game to like you're you're. Psyched about it because all right, we just got the Rose Bowl and it was forty-eight, forty-five, last second, all this kind of mess. And you've got Lane Kiffin and Matt Corral comes out, and then nobody scores, and Matt Corral gets hurt early, and it was, I mean the the game was fun for I guess defensive minded people, I guess, but I mean it was kind of a dud. It was just Baylor was not great. Like Jerry Bohannon still had an injury, but they he passed for. What forty yards? I believe it was. No, I, no, it was
0: less of, I know it was fifty yards. Less than fifty yards.
1: Yeah, Bohannon seven of seventeen for forty yards, one touchdown, and, and one if they pick. kept
0: stats right, if they kept stats right and they took his sacks away, I mean he he might be less than twenty yards.
1: It uh, let's see, sacks. Uh, well, no, almost didn't have any sacks. I so, <laughs> oh, didn't have any sacks? Had zero. Baylor had 10 sacks in this ballgame.
0: Okay. I know um, he got tackled behind the line of scrimmage a couple times, but I guess those are all draws? They just assumed they were run plays or they were out of the pocket?
1: Where did yeah, they, they, they were, they were all where out they of the did they call pocket? him off? Because I know um, that
0: he got tackled behind the line of scrimmage.
1: Let's see. Jerry Bohannon, seven rushing attempts for 23 yards. So, yeah, you know, tackle for loss. Uh Ole Miss had one for negative uh, one yards. No, it might be that that. So that that think that was the biggest thing. Ole Miss could not get a push on them. Um, Abram Smith was awesome, like he has been all season. Twenty five carries, one hundred seventy two yards. He was the offense, stud basically all night. Uh, Monera Baldwin, the uh, the one uh, rushing touchdown for forty eight yards. There, they look. Luke Altmaier, I think, is going to be pretty good. Eventually, yep. I don't think he was ready for this ball game. Well, like no. it did not no. look at all like he was ready to go against. What? Well, hang on defense.
0: now. Whoa, whoa. I don't know about that. I think he played well. He did play pretty I well. I think this is yeah. a really good defense. By oh, the way, oh, absolutely.
1: Could, uh, uh, Kiffin said afterwards. He said, "Dave Aranda outcoached me, but he's done that to a lot of people." So, yep.
0: No, I, so I, I told several people. I think this is going to be a low scoring game because they were all over, 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 over for this game. I was like, you need to be real careful. First off, Baylor struggles to score the football. Secondly, I think Dave Aranda is the best defensive mind in football right now. I yes, just yes. in college football. I do. You give him a month to prepare. And and I know that I know that it's impossible to say what the game would have looked like had Corral not gone down. But I'm I'm just telling you, I don't think it would have been a whole lot different. I think I think Altman made some big plays. I think, you know, he threw a pretty deep ball and guys were getting open, and that's fine. But everything was a struggle. Everything is a fight. Those those DBs and those linebackers play so disciplined and they play so just perfect football. They're not talent wise better than anybody out there. Ole Miss talent wise out talents out talents Baylor. And I don't think it's close. Offense to defense, I yeah. just think those. I just think those those guys are just coached perfectly. They're just coached perfectly.
1: Got a lot of upperclassmen, um, but I will tell you this: there are a lot of them that will be back next year. Yep. Uh, they at, now they will miss uh, Terrell Bernard, um, senior linebacker. He had seventeen tackles in this game. <laughs> just, he had but somebody two else sacks. will take that
0: role. Like, somebody else will step it up because oh yeah. this Rand is going to do that.
1: <laughs> I mean, it was such a weird it it was it was such a different kind of uh, heart-racing game, right? Where like it, every play matters, but it's not just racing up and down the field the way it was with Ohio State and Utah. This was like okay, if anybody breaks a play open, that could be the one that wins this thing, and that's exactly but, what happened. With but but that, and that's what
0: I, and but that's what I told everybody though. I had a couple of guys in the text. I had a couple of Mississippi State fans that really hate Ole Miss, and they're like, "Come on, man, Ole Miss can't win this game." when It was seven seven, and I said, "Just don't." I mean, I'm telling you, just hang tight, hang yes. tight with me. A Ole Miss ain't gonna be able to drive on this team. Their their only opportunity to score is to 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 bust a play. Okay, I just don't think that's happening a lot. All right, and eventually the dam will break. And Ole Miss held up a lot longer than I even thought they would, but come to oh, yeah. the fourth quarter, the dam broke. They got two touchdowns, and and, and it was it.
1: Yeah, no, the uh, I and mean, really, they three, just needed the one. Three interceptions for Ole Miss. Uh, one on the opening drive, and yep. and it led to no points because Baylor couldn't do anything with it. Like,
0: oh no, that, no, 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 the first open, the touchdown uh, interception was the touchdown. The. The second that kid tipped the football, the second that ball got tipped, I sent a text to all no, you no, guys. Just, said he
1: remember, he gone. Uh, No, Matt. No, no, no. I know what you're talking about, but uh, but Corral you threw about? one like early, like yes, and that, that was the touchdown. No. The first
0: interception Corral threw, I thought was the one that went to the house.
1: No, no, that was in the second quarter. That was the first uh, okay. Altmaier uh, t- uh, interception. Oh, Corral so, was out by then. Yeah, yeah. Corral was already out at that point. Uh, I just remember
0: when that guy tipped the football. As soon as the ball got tipped tipped i said <laughs> this kid catches his ball. is he's, he's gone because yeah. he's the fastest dude on the field and it's not close and nobody else is close to him that's old miss wide receivers out there don't oh, matter yeah. don't matter i've watched too much baylor football that nobody's catching that dude
1: now you're nobody. right uh best season in baylor history yes
0: well yeah i mean obviously they got 12 wins
1: yeah and, and we got a better Bowl. season
0: They've, hey, never, I, they've never won 12 games. They've never won a Sugar Bowl. I right? had a you know? had
1: a Baylor fan send me uh, some information. So the last time Baylor won the Sugar Bowl, they had what I think uh, the New York Times and the Washington Post and whatever called the happiest year of all time, and it was 1957. So they won the Sugar Bowl January first, nineteen 1957. They didn't plan it again until January first of 2020. And they lost it to Georgia. And then, of course, they lose Matt Rule, and it, we get COVID, and we get all this other stuff. They had, like, it, the last from 2020 through 2021 was not exactly the best of times. But now no, they
0: won two games last year.
1: But now I'm not just talking about Baylor. I'm just talking about, period, for the country. Like, uh-huh. now I'm saying Baylor won the Sugar Bowl in or on January 1st, 2022. Is it a sign of things to come for? the world, now well, that Baylor so. has won a Sugar Bowl again.
0: <laughs> let's hope so.
1: <laughs> Here's hoping. All right, let's go ahead and get out of here. I didn't even do the recap. Let me go on and tell everybody. Go to Bet BetUS brings you the show each and every time out. BetUS.com, where the game begins. There are links in the descriptions uh, for all of this stuff. If you haven't already, subscribe to the podcast. Do us a favor. Knock that thing out. We had uh, a highly successful month of December We are looking to continue that going forward. We will be back on Wednesday with all of our NFL stuff. Same as usual. Now that the holidays are over, we should be back in a a pretty regular routine. So uh, we do have one more week of NFL football before we jump into the playoffs there. So we will be giving out picks, all that good stuff. But go to BetUS. Go to the BetUS College Football Show. Go and check that one out. Subscribe, all that good stuff. And go to winningcureseverything.com. Subscribe where you need to subscribe, etc. Chris, is there anything you want to hit on before we jet? Uh, you're muted.
0: That's because I was coughing earlier. Sorry. <laughs> no, brother, that's it.
1: Good. Good. <laughs> all <laughs> right. We appreciate all of you guys for listening. Uh, take care of yourself. Take care of each other. And hopefully, hopefully, all your tickets cash this week. Thanks for checking out Winning Cures Everything. If you want to keep up with us, hit subscribe on YouTube or your favorite podcast app. Visit the website at winningcureseverything.com, or you can like us on Facebook or follow us at Winning Cures, at Gary WCE, or at Chris B Giannini on Twitter. Share out the show, leave a nice review, and make sure to comment and tweet at us.
0: What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation? Where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission.